Welcome to the Witness and Persecution Podcast with Nick and Ruth Ripkin, where we equip you with biblical principles and truths and practices learned from believers in persecution to help you cross the street and cross the oceans with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Anthony Ball, and if you have been enjoying the Witness and Persecution Podcast, or if it has been a blessing to you, we would love for you to go and like and subscribe uh, to Witness and Persecution with Nick and Ruth Ripkin. And speaking of, we have Nick joining us in the studio today. Uh, Nick, we are melting here in Texas. How are you in Kentucky? Well, we're doing, it, it's quite warm. It's it's in the upper 80s, approaching 90, but uh, uh, the mornings and the evenings cool off quite a bit. So, uh, but oh, uh, we don't need prayers in that regard the way we're praying for Texas and and that part of America, I mean, you all don't do anything by halves. Uh, you know, it's either, you know, the highest of temperatures or the north of you, the highest snow amounts. And and I'm so glad that gl- global warming isn't true, because can you imagine what it'd be like if it was? <laughs> I was going to say, if we had 80s and approaching 90s, uh, that would be a, a blissful cold front for us today. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so I gladly trade that. Well, they. Uh, I always wondered, and the, your listeners may be interested too, why they ever had weather for, forecasters in in say the Emirates and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. I mean, what are they gonna What are they gonna forecast? It's gonna be hot and dry. I mean, same thing every day. And, and we went there for our 30th anniversary and uh, didn't know that they were having the worst sandstorm the next morning oh. that uh, they'd had in 20 some years. 20, 20, 30 people died. And here we are walking from our hotel to the mall, the only mall then. Now they have malls everywhere around the corner mm. from, get this, not the. Uh, Ramada Hotel, the Ramadan Hotel, the, the Ramada, the Ramada Hotel, and and we're having to walk in doorways and cover our face with our handkerchiefs, and finally got to the mall, and we we're only one there, and people were looking at us like we're crazy, and 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 the guy got the weather forecaster got fired uh, because he didn't predict uh, uh, the the worst sandstorm in modern memory but again the point's made why why do you need a a weather forecaster when it's you know it's always going to be you know i don't know what you do in sunny and dry or and antarctica it's going to be cold outside you know (laughs) i mean it's good job security because you can't really go wrong unless you miss the sandstorm of the century yeah but if you like a challenge my goodness uh, yeah, you look at a map and say it's 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 hot and dry and brown. <laughs> That's exactly what it is down here. For about yeah. three months, you don't have to check the weather. You know it's going to be sunny, hot, dry, and brown, and you just plan accordingly for about three yeah. months. So, yeah. well, uh, let's move on because today, Nick, you want to talk to us about the unreached and that can be kind of um uh, kind of a, a trendy thing 
nowadays. Everybody talks about the unreached. We're going to the unreached, that kind of thing. But there's some things that we have to understand about that term. And there's some things we have to understand about reaching the unreached um, that you have a lot of wisdom to speak into. Give us a kick us off with how do we reach the unreached and how are we going to equip churches and people and overseas workers to do this type of work? Well, there's a sticker shock in, in a lot of different areas when churches finally decide uh, not to go just to the places that they've always gone. Uh, and, and there's a reason, a lot of reasons why we go to places where we can openly be missionaries. You know what? They don't hassle you in customs. Because they know you don't pay bribes. Uh, they don't hassle you, you know, at border posts. And uh, policemen oftentimes uh, will cut you a break. And, and uh, there's just a lot of benefits uh, uh, to being known as a, as a missionary. And yet you just cross a few miles into a, a, a country north or south of east of you. And that very word can get you killed. Uh, right. the, the word church uh, uh, invokes uh, visions of the crusade, and and uh, uh, that's one thing we still don't understand, that the when the U.S. and other Western militaries goes to Somalia, goes to uh, uh, Kosovo, goes to uh, 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 a, a Kuwait, uh, Iraq, wherever, uh, for Americans, you could ask almost every American— uh, how do you feel about where your military is going and the crusades of hundreds of years ago? And you're just going to get blank state stares. But for Muslims, mm. this is just a, a continuation of something that's never ended. I mean, they, they talk about, they talk about the present presence of Western Christian military personnel that this is what we've always done. Uh, there's never been a time that we weren't doing this. And, and so uh, there's no past tense. Uh, be a good way of putting mm -hmm. it. Uh, but there, uh, when, when we look at, I mean, again, we've said it so much on this podcast, but, but it's, it's the point of sleeplessness for me is I, 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 I have a hard time envisioning a church, any church, and I know how it happens because it, 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 it's not like you 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 break your toe or something and, and ignore that and that'll go away. But you you can ignore unreached peoples, and as long as they're far outside of your borders and they don't affect your bottom line, they don't affect your military or, or whatever. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't touch the heart of the normal American. And yet mm. uh, the very last words of Jesus, uh, there just should be no rest. There, there should be no contentment. There, there should be no satisfaction uh, un, until we've been obedient. And, and it's, not, it's not that we, I, I hear people talking, Anthony, all the time, and 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 I sort of my end times little commercial in the midst of this is we we it, for Jesus to come again we've got to get uh, believers from every tongue and tribe 
and that's going to flip a switch and the second coming uh, will take place and and we will be taken to glory and and be able to spend our eternity with Jesus but our our desire should not be a tongue uh, you know uh, a person or a few persons from every tongue and tribe it, it must be a host of people and a matter of fact I, I've heard that the second coming I've heard in many sermons uh, the second coming is predicated on there being people in heaven from every tongue and tribe. Well, if you believe uh, that uh, young children, now again with all this uh, controversy on uh, abortion and 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 giving personhood uh, to the child in the womb, uh, then every spontaneous abortion. Uh, I think one out of five uh, conceptions in that way, uh, tragically. Uh, but uh, any, uh, every tribe and tongue every day has children that die before they're aware or responsible for the sin uh, of humankind. And, and I believe uh, that those children are, are straight ushered into the arms of Jesus. Those babies, mm. newborn babies, uh, six months old, uh, who knows, uh, when they truly become accountable for their actions. And, and I can see the lost nature in my grandchildren by, uh, but when they become responsible for those, uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't really lose sleep over that. But by, by the very fact of what happens to children when they die, uh, there's always been hundreds of thousands of people over time of every tongue and tribe represented in heaven. Mm. When was there ever a time when they weren't represented in heaven? Un unless you do have a theology as some of, of early Christianity have that, that unless you're baptized as an infant, uh, your eternity is stark and dark. And, and, and mm -hmm. so uh, I believe that what Jesus meant by the Great Commission was not to get a dusting of believers, was a host, it was to see mm -hmm. Acts 2, was to see Acts 4 take place. And, and, uh, and we're actually seeing that in places that we're obedient to go. And so we, we do banty around the words. You can go look up the Joshua Project. Uh, I like to go out. Rick Warren for years and years and years, uh, even now that he's no longer the lead pastor of Saddleback uh, Church, uh, uh, has a big conference uh, where people come and, and trying to get groups to adopt some of these three billion people who don't have a single verse of the Bible, not a single spiritual song, not a single worker in their midst, uh, certainly not a, 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 a enough believers uh, 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 to play cards together, let alone have a body of Christ. And, and yet some of the adoption things remain just that. They are adoption without ever having a baby uh, uh, brought into the home uh, without mm. ever putting people on the ground. But the world uh, in my lifetime 
has become less and less Christian, not more and more Christian, even without, with, there's been a lot more Christians in some countries, but the access to Christ in, in most of the world remains uh, abysmal. So we say that there's uh, 2.8 to 3 billion people that have nothing. They're, 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 they're totally unreached and they're totally unengaged. Uh, and and mm-hmm. you, can, you can have workers in a country and, and, uh, uh, and say that these people are no longer unreached because we have workers on the ground, but until there's a, a, a significant number of workers with the language, with the culture, able to share Christ and, and see people gathered together, uh, uh, presence uh, doesn't mean uh, that we're any better off than we were if we're not getting toward this goal of being able to share God's word in the local language and be in people's homes. And, and so uh, there's a lot more than just deciding to send people to the unengaged and unreached uh, than just doing it. And, and, and the reason given a lot, and it's, it's one of the reasons that they are endemic in persecution and, and uh, though we don't know how bad it will be, because uh, oftentimes we will say these people are unresponsive when we've never given them a chance to respond. And, mm. and, and they are as likely right. to be broken by the love of Jesus. And they've been praying and they've been dreaming about him and they've been waiting for him and they just needed somebody to come and articulate it. And so what I would like to do is just have a conversation or start a conversation in why why in my lifetime and uh, and I've been doing this almost four decades uh, um, there's a whole lot more of engagement of unreached peoples but the number's not getting any smaller because we're discovering more people we're, we're discovering mm. more uh, challenges and 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 that 2.8 billion is certainly not getting smaller and and, and, and some groups use uh, 3 billion and that doesn't include those who have a church maybe a historical christian uh they may have a church they may have missionaries they may have a bible in their language but there is no measurable christian you know, it's less than 2% Christian. Mm. You know, a lot of these are 0.1 or 0.2 or 0.3, not even 1% Christian. And so when you look at that, that 2.8 to 3 billion, they have nothing. But I, I'm wow. guessing, educated guess, there's another 1 to 2 billion that don't have enough knowledge and enough access to the kingdom of God, to God's people and his word, to have enough information to figure out who Jesus is. So out of the mm-hmm. 7 billion people on the planet, my best guess is a little bit over 4 billion people that have no or so little knowledge about Jesus, uh, they don't have a chance. They don't have a mm-hmm. chance of eternal life. Wow. And, 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 and I often say 
about Muslims that I love so dearly that one of the reasons why uh, they get so angry at times and, and it seems like the more we hear about them in secular press that they're getting more and more angry all the time and becoming fundamentalists. Well, uh, part of the issue, I think, spiritually is they are honestly, fervently seeking to know God. And they can't find him. Mm. And they're praying five wow. times a day. And they're giving alms and, and, and giving to the poor. Uh, they're making that very expensive trip to Mecca. They're, 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 they're keeping the, the Ramadan fast. They're, they're doing the five pillars of Islam. Uh, and they try to set aside the last years of their life to really put some good deeds in the bank uh, because often they live in fear of the 1%. And, and, and so there, there's so much involved in, in just not just the unreach, unengaged, but those who don't have enough information to get to Jesus. And, and as we go to engage them, we're finding obstacles that are there that we didn't expect uh, that has to do with personnel, has to do with finances, that we just say, well, we can get so much more bang for our buck if we go here, here, and here, and the $3 billion plus, they don't get a good look uh, because of these, when, when, when these uh, obstacles become articulated, uh, it just looks like too much of a burden uh, uh, to bear. And, and mm -hmm. you won't be surprised. And, and these are in no order of importance, but recognizing the hindrances that would allow the gospel to take root among unreached, unengaged people and, in, and enable mission agencies and churches and, and workers to, to plant reproducing bodies there. Uh, we, we've got to understand these obstacles and, and, and the harvest mentality. Uh, still is one of the main reasons why we don't go to the hard places. Now, understand, I love a harvest. I think uh, you, you want a harvest. There's nothing wrong in that. And, 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 but the, the New Testament uh, word for evangelism is to, to go and tell, is, is to make Jesus known. Uh, and, and, and that is, Really, the harvest is 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 not what uh, initiates our going. What initiates our going is that people need Jesus, and and and, and without Him, uh, e eternity is going to be. Well, you just don't want to describe it. You don't. You, uh, the the New Testament word for evangelism is, is to tell or or to proclaim. But somewhere along the line with evangelical Christianity, uh, uh, we have placed harvest as so much a part of our going that, that without a harvest, mm. we don't go. A and yet in some of these right. hard places, we may be called to give our lives and the lives of our children and our grandchildren to stay in a place and see things like we've seen in some of uh, 
uh, tribal people, even in South America, where they killed the first workers that went in there and their wives stayed with the task and their children now have become workers among the very people that killed their fathers and has taken uh, two and three generations, sometimes of the same family, uh, to see mm-hmm. the gospel uh, to be seriously considered and, and to take root in the place. And, and, and so the harvest mentality affects sending agencies and sending churches as well as, as workers. Uh, two colleagues of mine, and this is old enough that I feel comfortable in sharing it. One of them, uh, uh, while we were in East Africa, worked with the Gariyama peoples of Kenya, and the other, just a few hours north, worked with the Somali people. And they both were uh, out of the same church. And they both went on furlough together. That was planned. And come out and be loved on, be given some vacation. And then they sat with the, the missions committee, uh, that portion of the church that was to manage the workers sent out. And they were... They, they gave their financial reports and they gave their personnel reports and, and, and one group had seen a lot of people added to their team and stay. The other people mm-hmm. lost some of their original people because it was just so hard. Uh, and there was so much malaria and so much other diseases and, and, and persecution, everything thrown in. And, and end of the day, when they gave their report, of how much was spent and how many people were baptized, the worker among the Gariyama people were giving more personnel and more financial support. And the one among Somalis who were our colleagues that could report a, a mass martyrdom at great expense and with those who were believers being killed and almost no b- new believers being added at that time. Uh, one was made to feel very successful. The other was made to feel very much uh, a failure. One was giving increased budget. The other was lucky not to have their budget cut. One was allowed to uh, add people from the churches, uh, that group of churches to their team. And the other were told until you figured out how to do this more effectively. Uh, we don't see, uh, the possibility of, of throwing more people or more money out of something that wasn't, uh, uh, responsive. And, and I had that very conversation. I had someone very important, uh, in the life not of my mission board, but some of the leaders that are chosen to work with our mission board. And, and uh, I had the conversation with him, and, uh, uh, and he said, I understand that you're working with Somalis. And I said, yes, and I can get you in there now that you've come out to East Africa and I can get you on a UN flight. I can take you into Somalia, show it's like what it's like. And he said, no, I've got, uh, I'm out here with, uh, uh 38 volunteers. Uh, and he comes out like six times a year. And he said, I, I wow. need to manage this. I-, I just want you to answer a few questions. Uh, 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 
how uh, many people uh, were baptized last year, how many people came to Christ were baptized, how much money uh, did you spend, and is it cost-effective for you to remain in country in Somalia because what we hear about you and Ruth, that if you're working in the country that I'm in right now, you can see as part of your ministry hundreds if not thousands of people enter the kingdom of God in a number of our people groups and are you not wasting God's time, God's resources, and God's people uh, among Somalis? And, 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 and how can you justify? Well, I told him. I said, we spent a million dollars. We had three believers killed in that short period of time. And we had one new believer added to the kingdom of God. And he said, I just want to know, uh, is it cost effective? Uh, for you to continue uh, uh, expending uh, God's resources and our company's resources in, in a place that you just described. I said, sir, I don't have to justify. I just have to be obedient. And, and God, Jesus commanded us to go into all the earth. He didn't just command us to go uh no place really my brother i've not been any place that's easy but you can take a hard place that's responsive uh you you really can uh and you you can take an easier place that's unresponsive as long as the environment is not hard on you and, and you know you're not in the depths of the desert or in the in the glaciers of the snow and you're not in catching every disease that comes along but when you get to where both the environment is tremendously hard and the response remains so low because you're still in your first generation of witness mm. 2000 plus years of christianity has gone by and you're still in your first generation of witness. Almost everybody that's ever witnessed to the Somali people, those who first went there are just now dying out. They're in their 80s and 90s. Mm. So that's how, how short a time we've been doing what we've been doing. And in many of those, when they went in early, uh, were tied uh, to British military or Italian military, uh, that just doesn't that doesn't work out uh, very well. And so our our command from Jesus is to go and tell and make disciples, but that takes time. Uh, uh, for Jesus, uh, it took him thirty years of preparation inside of that people group. And it took him three years of intensive ministry. And then he had such a core group of disciples and families and women. Remember that by the time Acts 4 took place, there's 10,000 people in the kingdom of God meeting in hundreds, yeah. if not a few thousand houses. And, and, and that all took place uh, in Jesus's lifetime and, and his life and his death and the resurrection. But as long as the harvest mentality is, is 
one of our biggest focus, then this three billion people are going to remain without any witness. Because wow. we've yet to send anybody. We've yet to send anybody there to learn the language and culture to any extent that if somebody was to come up and say to us, I'm lost, I'm terrified about eternity, can you give me an alternative to to the eternity that I'm facing? We We wouldn't understand the question. Mm-hmm. We we wouldn't understand what they're talking about. Uh, and and again, we 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 have to remember that everybody that came to Jesus in the New Testament came to Jesus in a local language. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean that doing things with interpreters are wrong, but uh, I've listened once I've learned the language. I I've listened to interpreters interpret for people that've come after me. And my goodness, there there's almost nothing in common with the message that's being given and the interpretation of that message. Hmm. And and a lot of times that. that's thankful we're thankful to God for that. I remember the first time I ever used an interpreter in, in Malawi and I'm working up to the crescendo and the interpreter stopped and he said, Oh boy. Uh, Bombo, he said, oh, Bombo, I've told him something far different than you were intending. I said, that's okay. I know that you don't mind worshiping for three or four hours. I'll just start over. He said, no, that's okay. I told him something much better than than (laughs) what you were intending to tell them. And I said, well, brother, just have at it. But, you know, this, this, um, this, this, um, insatiable desire to build bigger buildings to define ourselves in America by the number of people baptized or the number of people that join the church from other churches. Usually Uh, the way that we define success in the U S when you transfer that to unreached, unengaged peoples, uh, uh, you, you need to give us, a few generations, uh, it, it took hundreds and hundreds of years of Old Testament obedience to get to the New Testament response. Mm. Wow. It took that much activity of God. Secondly, and I need to move on, one of the big things is we only have one way we know of doing church. 63% of all the people who have never heard about Jesus can't read or write a word. And yet, as you and I have talked, and, and I, I got to unpack this with a, a group of people, I uh, can't remember. We were in Southern California. Anthony is one of the few places Ruth and I have ever been where we've been to church. Those people went home to sleep, and they came back at 7 o'clock for breakfast. And for almost four days, they were at that church doing stuff together, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and they didn't leave till nine or 10 o'clock at night. Wow. And and they were that hungry. But in in California, uh, it was evangelize or die. It was to be part of the body of Christ or or, 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 or to really... uh, 
be out there alone in, in a, an environment that's so anti-Christian. Uh, while we were there, uh, a big controversy broke out. They got a new uh, administrator for the district that the church was in. Uh, they were requiring uh, underneath every all the school teachers in the public school system has to submit a monthly report and underneath their signature is the emblem of the pride, the pride flag. Hmm. They have to wow. sign their monthly report as a Christian over as if they agreed with that lifestyle. And, 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 and also they required all of the police departments and the, uh, the fire departments uh, to raise the American flag every morning and then raise the pride flag underneath of it. And there were police departments uh, filled with conservative Christians and fire departments. And, and, and this is not an attack on anybody. This is a description of, 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 of unusual faith. And, and and there were teachers saying, I'm not going to put my name on a monthly report that has me agreeing with a lifestyle that I don't agree with. Now, they, they weren't being ugly. They're loving their neighbors. They're welcoming their neighbors. They're just saying, you're not going right. to co-op my witness. And, 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 and yet, uh, and yet when, when you go and sit in a, post what I call post Pentecost church, what we've gathered to ourselves over 2000 years of Christianity. What I have said before is, is that Ruth and I have actually written in my Bible. I have written in my Bible, uh, the, the text of the sermons that I've listened to, uh, for the last 15 years, whether I, I'm in a building, uh, this, this, these are building, uh, defined churches. In America, Mexico City, Poland, the UK, Germany, uh, 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 true in Jordan with the Arab Christian tr Church. It, it's true in, 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 uh, Cairo. Uh, 85% of the sermons are, are from, uh, Romans to Revelation alone. And only 15% of the sermons are from Genesis through Acts. And, and mm. we just came from teaching in a seminary. A very significant group of people, thirty-some students, uh, staff of, of of ten or twelve churches, and Anthony, I wept. I wept to discover that from the bed babies in that those ten churches, the twelve churches, all the way up to senior adults, there was no place in a Bible study Sunday school type class. Uh, 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 by uh, a prayer meeting, a uh, 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 sermon series. There was no place in the whole life of that church where you can encounter a single story from Genesis through Acts. Mm. Wow. And I, 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 I said to the students, uh, you, you, you can't, uh, you, you, you can't tell me that this is true. Uh, uh, that that I can't um, that I I, I can't um, encounter a Bible story 
my grandson can't, my mother can't, my grandmother said, they said, there's nowhere in our church life where a story from Genesis through the whole Old Testament, the Gospels and Acts, where you can encounter that's one of those stories. Uh, they're 100% living in Romans to Revelation. And, and what we're finding among unreached peoples and unengaged people is, is that uh, Romans to Revelation is Christian talking to Christian. And there's a lot of Jesus there, but but it's it's the stories of where the world came from in Genesis. It, it, it's the story uh, of the Israelites uh, having becoming a, a, an identity of a Jewish people and a nation of people, uh, of Moses, uh, of the Ten Commandments, of, of the law of God being written on their lives and a sense of what's right and wrong, uh, uh, the prophecies that, that when they begin to hear the prophecies, they begin to say, somebody's coming, somebody's coming. And, and, and they, uh, uh, um, uh, There's just uh, no no place where they can. Uh, there's no place in this in these churches where they can encounter uh, uh, the major stories of the Bible, and, and yet when we go to the unreached peoples, uh, uh, this is not how we can do church. You cannot go right. to that three billion people and start out with a Bible study on Romans, or Philippians, mm. or Galatians. I wish you could watch my wife. Anytime she hears a verse from Romans to Revelation, her heart and her head immediately tells her stories from the Old Testament, from the Gospels, and from the book of Acts, of which Romans to Revelation is a synopsis of that. And right, I'd only right. been a Christian for a year when I met Ruth, and when I would hear sermons from Roman to Revelation, I didn't have any of those stories yet on the hard drive to be able to make all those connections. And so mm. many of the unreached uh, dwell in severely enemy-held territory where there are few, if any, churches, pastors, Bible studies. You remove church buildings, corporate worship, pews, hymn books from believers in believers environments and where does people how do people meet god how would they meet mm -hmm. god in america right. and, and you can't carry this stuff you can't financially afford to carry this stuff uh to unreached people and if you did carry it to the center of hinduism to the center of islam uh those 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 buildings uh, those structures get you killed. Mm. Will get you killed before you ever, ever get to Jesus. For most of the uh, 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 of the population, and a a big challenge for us, Anthony. You and I have talked about it before, but uh, this uh, this one way of doing church. Guess what we're doing to ourselves? If we send somebody uh, to the mission field. And they're a nurse, they're a physician, they're a water specialist, they're an agriculturalist, they're a veterinarian, and I can go on and list about 20 things. Guess what they have done in their country of origin 
before they went to the mission field. They've dug water wells. Yeah, they've done all those things. Yeah. Guess what? The majority of missionaries that send out, we send them out as church planters. Guess how many churches they planted in their home culture? Usually zero. None. None. Yeah. Not one. Wow. Uh, I was, my requirement for becoming a church planner in Malawi was to have led three people to Christ in the preceding 12 months. Wow. It seems like to me to be consistent and to be smart that if I was to become a church planter in Malawi, in South Africa, in Kenya, and then in Somalia, the very least I should have been required to do, and I should have done that myself by reading scriptures, was to plant churches in my own culture and find out what I could do right, what I was doing wrong. The thing is, we are so much addicted to the role of the pastor and teacher that we don't even teach or model how to do the role of the evangelist church planter. And we send our people out to the hardest places on the planet. And they've never, ever attempted to be a church planter in their, in Texas, in Kentucky, mm. in their right. own culture. And, and how in the world, why do we require that of medical doctors, nurses, veterinarian, agriculturalists, but of a church planter, we send them out by the thousands every year, and they've never planted a church in their own culture. Mm. But guess what they've done? They've been on church staff. Or right. better yet, they've been senior pastor. But the gift set for the pastor and teacher is for the sheep. It's not for the wolves. And, and, and so the the tool set needed to plant churches is is what in Ephesians Paul is quoting Jesus to some is given the gift of the apostle little a evangelist church planner then pastor teacher uh, we've edited out the first whole section of apostle evangelist church planner and just focus on what the needs of the sheep are. Uh, to have the pastor teacher. The pastor right. teacher on the mission field should also always be a local person. The pastor teacher, mm. even among unreached peoples, is the Apostle Paul stays there just long enough to see those deacons that pastor teacher raised up, uh, trains them, pours their lives into them, uh, gives them the word of God, and then they're gone. Because they yeah. don't stay to become church staff. A lot of missionaries, we have this disease that we will evangelize long enough to get 15 to 20 some people into Christ, baptized, and we have enough people now that we can gather them together and become their pastor. We will, mm. will evangelize our way not to Pentecost. We evangelize our way to becoming pastor of a local church in another culture. Because that's mm. all we know. That's all we know. That's right. We, we've never been an evangelist church planner in our own culture. How will we know how to transfer that to some of the hardest places on the planet? 
since I uh, penned this article uh, back in the Somali years, uh, a lot of things have happened. Uh, I, I, back then, I talked about uh, people going into Islam. Where uh, in those days, we did not know of a harvest anywhere. But since I mm. pinned that article, there now is a general harvest throughout the religion of Islam. And the, uh, wow. as my supervisor, who's now a vice president for overseas, and John will say over and over again, the only place where Muslims are not coming to Jesus by the thousands are the places we don't go. Hmm. Now, incredible. I, my intent is not to offend uh, people of, of certain theological persuasion, but I believe that that 2.8 to 3 billion people, they are outside of Christ because we've been disobedient to do what Jesus said and to go to every tongue and tribe, and we haven't gone. And if we were to go wow. to every tongue and tribe, by this time there would be a harvest among the nations. And, and, and yet, uh, instead of seeing brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, we're seeing terrorism increase. That is the byproduct of not going. The byproduct wow. of not going is the creation of enemies to the kingdom of God. That's powerful. And we don't go because uh, uh, we only know one way of doing church. Often I have witnessed heartache on behalf of my colleagues because they wanted, they wanted uh, people in their midst to exhibit the attributes of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. But they've never been around anybody that knew Jesus. And the fruit of the Spirit comes into somebody's life once they come to Christ. And so these unreached, unengaged people, they eat us alive. Because uh, the lying, the the uh, the mistrust, they come to you wanting to marry your daughter when she reaches twelve and thirteen years of age. Uh, there, there, there is so much evil uh, going on, and, and we're just overwhelmed by the evil in their midst. And we're just wondering, why don't they just love? And why isn't there meekness? And why don't they treat their wives in, in the way that we as believers treat their Well, they don't know Jesus. Right, and, and exactly. As I came, I came home from Somalia. And, and I went back to my seminary trying to find some help. Couldn't find it. But I'm with four or five of, uh, of, of my professors that are great friends of mine. And I'm just... I'm whining, Anthony. I don't know what else to call it. And, and I'm just saying all the things that Somalis are and all the things that they do and how I've been shot at and, 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 and how I've been lied to. And, on, and, and, mm. and one of my professors put his arms around me and he said, Nick, don't ever be surprised when pagans act like pagans. You should only be surprised when Christians act like pagans. Right. 
And I, and I said something that in the Christian cultural wars back then caused a lot of pain because one of my brother professors asked me, well, if Somalia is like you describe it to be, why do you stay? What, what do you love about it? Uh, why, why don't you just go somewhere else where it's not like this? I said to him, and it was an unthinking, uncaring statement I should not have made. I said, well, one thing that's good about Somalia, I know that if somebody shoots me in the back, it's going to be a non-Christian. Mm. And some of my brothers got big Ouch. tears in my eye, in their eyes because they were in the Christian cultural wars of, of who's the real Christian and who should be allowed to teach and watch school and all this kind of thing. And, and, and that's the problem with uh, putting the taking the unreached unengaged off the table is is our our conflicts become internal with one another rather than external uh with uh with the evil one and and mm. and and so what i think that i'll do anthony is i'm going to call it a day with just these two because I, I think there are a lot to chew on, and you may have a, a question or a comment, but I, I think just talking about uh, these two of 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 a uh, we have such a harvest mentality, a measurement mentality of building space, of staff, of baptisms, of numbers of people that join our church, that that uh, that when we go to places that initially, initially there, there's no response because they've not been given a chance to respond for 2,000 years. And what they know about Christianity is so negative, uh, and we'll talk about that ne next time, that, 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 that the, the response is going to be so slow to come. And oftentimes our witness is just to men and believing that the men will reach their families because isn't that the way it works in the states that you get a, a spiritual leader in a family and, and, and all of this comes together. But it, it, it doesn't work this way in, in this first generation Christianity, especially in Islam. A, a Muslim man can come to faith and the vast majority of them declare faith for their wives. Just say mm -hmm. to them, I'm a Christian. That makes you a Christian. He baptizes her. That's her whole story. And wow. she'll stay considering herself a Christian until her husband dies or in Somalia's case, he's martyred. And then the longest that she stays with Christianity is 48 hours, maybe 72 hours before she goes back to the mosque and turns in all the believers that her husband knows and the martyrdoms uh, are, are, are five to tenfold more than they ever had been because the betrayal of the, quote, Christian wives who went back to Islam once their husbands died. And, and what we're doing, especially with the pastor-teacher, we're transferring the way we do church, especially in the Bible Belt, to unreached places. And, and, and even today, today, the most un-African building 
in sub-Saharan Africa is a church building. Mm. It's usually what mm. we say. It's three trees long, one tree wide. is made of brick or blocks, and it's the most non-traditional building in all of Africa. can be recognized in any village, in any city at a glance because we know that we, we say that the church is not a building, but the first thing we do once we get 15 or 20 believers is build a church building huh. and That's do exactly the whole right. and do the whole clergy thing there. There's got to be a new Testament way uh, that is uh, uh, appropriate uh, in making Christ known. That like in Acts 2 and Acts 4, that explodes house to house to house, and that when the church was scattered, uh, they just took it further uh, to houses and to groupings mm. of people. And we've still got three big things uh, 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 to talk about, and I would like to save that for the next time that we're together. Uh, uh, yeah. But but it, it really, when we add all six things together, when a church looks at the spiritual ledger and looks at the open places where you can historically be a missionary and, and look at the opportunities and the cost and the security and, and, and that we can go and do traditional church work more than biblical missionary work, and you look over here and you look at the Somalis and you look at the Kuwaitis and you look at the Yemenis and you look at the Chinas and the North Koreas and you look at the, uh, the upper caste Hindus in India and we'll default to the places that allow us to do church more than do missions. They're not the same thing. Wow. They're not the same thing, and and the, the and, and 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 the cost. We're, we're, you can go to the, in the traditional places, Anthony. The most dangerous thing that missionaries do, you know what that is, is driving. No. Is driving. You hmm. can go to much of South America, much of of sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, there's just one or two paved roads. There's no stripes for the roads. And if the truck, if one side is closed to these big trucks, they just switch over into your lane. And you've got mm. one choice. Right. You can get run over or you can go over the bank. And you might have mm. the same ending no, what, no matter what, what you choose. The most dangerous we th thing we do in traditional areas is, is driving. The most dangerous thing we do in the unreached, unengaged world is to share Jesus in a hostile environment. Right. Right. And, and, wow. and, 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 and when your life is given for who Jesus is, you're going to see that that martyrdom brings fruit. When your life is given for an automobile wreck, Sometimes the church that sent you out will be so moved by what, by your life that you gave 
even through an audible mill wreck that they others will step up and take your place but oftentimes that's not the not 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 the fact that doesn't generate a lot of people stepping up and saying i'll take this person's place and so we're going to have to talk about uh uh, uh cost and, and security uh, persecution and a few other things and, and even to the extent that we're going to have to talk about every person any american any european that goes to an unengaged unreached people group this 2.8 to 3 billion people and says i've come from any one of the western countries or the u.s uh, they're going to assume that you're a christian Mm. whether you've ever been in a church building or not. And we're going to have to talk about, because you are not from a country, Anthony, that your nationality determines your religion. Exactly. And yet, yeah. and yet for the 2.83 billion people that we're going to talk about, your nationality and your religion are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly are right. the same thing. And so when the church actually does its research and looks at all the barriers to the gospel among these 2.8 billion to 3 billion people, they're, 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 what they are saying is uh, it's, it's too little bang for our bucks. It's too hard. It's too dangerous. It's too far up in the mountains in the snow. It's too deep down in the deserts and the heat. Uh, let us continue doing what we're doing. And mm. 60 to 70% of the world will go into eternity without being able to know or understand the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I think in my lifetime, it's gotten worse because the task has become better defined of where we need to go and what we need to do. And yet less and less those who are becoming church planners from the pastor teacher background are not staying. They're not mm -hmm. staying. And, and that's what I also want you to remind me if we haven't already done it. Uh, but but I'll, I'll talk to you about another thought that I've had why men aren't going, uh, and, and and we need to talk about that sometime. And so, Anthony, it's been a blessing uh, having mm. you, and and you you're always such an encouragement to Ruth and I. What have what have I left out? No, I think that you got everything for this time because I know that we're um, the next one is also going to pack a big punch. But uh, I think what I'm convicted of. And I think that we do see so often is that we, we like to be results oriented instead of obedience driven. And I just don't know how many people out there, how many churches out there are really teaching and going through what, what is the motivation? The motivation is not results. The motivation is obedience, but and, they can be. But, yeah. But 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 they can be mm -hmm. as long as those of us 
who now get to be in the rows of leaders redefine what results are. And results right. are going to this Muslim country, and every month uh, you're going to share with Ruth and I how many meals you and your team have taken in the homes of Muslims and how many times have Muslims come as an extended family and had a meal in your home in which you can share stories from the Quran and the Bible freely back and forth in, in, a, in a non-conflict zone uh, where, where the temperature is lowered and, and hospitality mm. is a rule of the day. Uh, you just have to say, uh, uh, here's, here's how we describe success. And success is how many times did you get to the resurrection with families that you're sharing meals with in their homes and your homes? Mm. And then that other stuff's going to come as the yeah. Holy Spirit deems. And it's going to come a lot quicker than we thought. Right. I love that phrase that you use, that we're redefining success or how we define you're success. redefining success. And, 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 and you're redefining it in a way that everyone can be tremendously successful uh, uh, because you're doing what the Holy Spirit is allowing to be done among that people. And again, remember, uh, the only reason why people in that 3 billion, 2.8 to 3 billion, the only reasons they are not responding to Christ by the hundreds of thousands is no one's told them. Mm. No, they've never heard. Wow. And, yeah, they've never and, had a chance to respond. And they're, 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 the odd one will go and search on the internet and the odd one will run by something on their cell phone. But, but a lot of these two, 63% of them, 63% of all unreached peoples in America cannot read or write a word. So how many cell phones and computers are they going to have? Right, absolutely. Well, I, I think that you're going to get that in the next episode because the what we call now oral communicators, that's a significant barrier to to planting churches and to, to reaching. And we're not, a lot of times we're not considering um, literacy. But what we're going to consider, obstacle. yeah, right. And we're going to, well, we're going to suggest that Jesus reached literate peoples the same way he reached oral peoples. And he reached hmm. them in a way that everything that he did with them, they could re reproduce for someone else. He reached right, literate yeah. people the same way he reached oral peoples. And, and, and we can do it until all of this gray hair falls out and becomes no hair. But, but you know, uh, again, uh, how are we trained? How do we measure success? When Jesus never used a literate tool ever recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't have Simon Peter using literate tools uh, to hand out, to read from, a scroll that he unwrote, but he had it in his heart. Jesus had it committed right. to memory. 
we're not talking that the word of God is expendable. We're talking about the form that initially needs to be in to access literate and non-literate people in hostile environments uh, that where Jesus is not known. Where Jesus mm. is not known. And, and, and so literate people wow. and oral peoples, Jesus treated them all the same. Wow. Are you going to get to that when, in the next episode? Because there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> well, I think, I think we need to have the, uh, uh, another episode because we walked around it. When, 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 did, when did the early church have a Bible? They did it. Well, don't get to that episode yet. We'll get to that episode. <laughs> the, the, the early church we'll use that did. As a teaser then. But, but, no, by the time John the Apostle died, uh, uh, by the time he died, everything we have as the New Testament had been written down somewhere. But that right. was 60 years, 60 years after the resurrection. Absolutely. 35 years. Wow. This, from 30, so 20, uh, it was 50, 55 AD, AD before the book of Mark was written down. So everything that happened yeah, that's right. in that Pentecost era and where the, the gospel went through the known world, uh, uh, except for Paul's letters, which were passed from Christian body to Christian body was not mm -hmm. a tool used to bring people to Christ in the marketplace. Uh, everything was done in oral form. Again, the tools needed for the evangelist church planter is a different tool set than is needed for the pastor teacher, though not so much. Right. They, they bleed over a lot more than we would think, but we've got to see them in harmony, not in opposition. And so mm. uh, uh, there, there's just, I get so excited uh, uh, about what believers in persecution have taught us, uh, even about what lost people have taught us in ways of, uh, it's like they're saying to us, if you want to reach me with the gospel, here's who you must be. And here's what you must do. And we mm. learn how to reach lost people by talking to lost people. And they will give right. you clue after clue after clue and what it will take to help be the midwife for them to come into the kingdom of God. It's awesome mm. to see. It's awesome to see. If we only see. listen. Well, I, Absolutely. I, 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 I feel so sorry for people that spend most of their Christian life with Christians. Because as we said to the church in California, what they impressed us, because they, they, they were in family units. Uh, they they, were, they mm. were there. Uh, they loved being at church. Uh, I couldn't get them to go home. They wouldn't turn the lights out. 
They, they, the, the, the staff just stayed. And, and when the staff got exhausted, they had permission to go home and rest for a few hours. And, and, and yet they knew in that environment, uh, their best, uh, strategy for survival was loving their neighbors, loving those that would make mm. themselves the enemies of Christ, but loving them right. and, 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 and having conversation with them. I, I don't want to put my signature over this flag because the flag doesn't represent me. But here's 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 where you what you and I have in common. Uh, that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died for us equally, and He did that because of mm. His love for us. And so we're not having the conversation based upon social issues uh, but spiritual issues issues of life and death issues of eternity issues of uh, uh of of when i die i know that mm. the next spiritual breath i take will be in the presence of jesus and there were 18 years of my life when i went to sleep uh of uh, many of those years terrified because I, I i i had no clue what would happen to me when I died? And I, uh, there were churches all around me, and I had no clue. I had no clue. My family kept a big family Bible under the coffee table, and we got it out once a year. Once a year, we took out the Bible and read the Christmas story together. Mm. And then it was closed wow. and put back under the coffee table. Yeah. And until I was 18... That's about all I knew. That's about all I knew. And so what we're, what we're wanting to do is to continue the conversation that uh, what if the greater the cost, the greater the harvest? Wow. That's a powerful and the, the less the cost, the less harvest remains. I'm asking that as a question, but we're going to have to talk about whether or not that question is true, but ultimately, we're going to have to go and see and find out the truthfulness of that right. statement. It, it's not one absolutely. It's not one for theological discussion. It, it's one of witness and living out your faith in a place that's hostile. Not to you, but to Jesus. Have a mm. have a good weekend, my brother. Love. Uh, your wife had a birthday this week. I sure hope you treated her nice. She did. I I think I did, but you may need to follow up and ask her just in case. <laughs> well, yeah. I I hope I hope uh, her gift didn't come from the dollar store. <laughs> no, it came from the two dollar store, so it was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, the do dollar store. I, I like that place. It meets a lot of needs. But uh, uh, for the for the wife that God has given uh, you and the wife He's given me, uh, uh, we can never catch up. No, dollar store won't cut it. <laughs> no, no. Well, give the boys and and your wife our love, and and uh, we'll talk to you when we get back. Absolutely, Nick. Thank you so much for your time. 
and what a powerful, uh, really almost introduction to why are the unreached unreached and we need to take this to heart and we need to act on it and we need to be obedient for our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about our ministry, how you can support us, how you can learn more about these and other resources, you can go to www.nickripkin.com. Again, for more information to support our ministry, to support this podcast, and to find more resources like this, you can go to www.nickripkin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will be with you next time.